Welcome to The Razor's Edge. I'm Daniel Schwarzman. I'm joined by Seeking Alpha author Akram's Razor, as always. The Razor's Edge features ideas that Akram has been following for his investing, for his Seeking Alpha Marketplace service, also called The Razor's Edge. I bring my perspective as more of a generalist investor, and we get into sectors, we get into a lot of tech names, not always tech names, and we look at how they might play out, we look at any research that goes into the thesis. If you're interested in more of these ideas, I encourage you to check out The Razor's Edge on the Seeking Alpha Marketplace. You can do that by typing in Razor anywhere on Seeking Alpha search bars, it'll pop up, or Akram. Um, it's, a, it's a good service for just ongoing flow and ideas. This week, we're talking about Snap. The social media messaging company reported earnings this week and the stock popped. No crackle involved here, I think. But the company posted pretty solid growth for Q1 and additionally said that they've been growing year over year so far in Q2. We've got a constellation of reports or news bits coming out of the internet advertising space. Pinterest pre-reported a decent Q1, but also pulled their guidance for the rest of the year. Facebook and Twitter both made some noise in March about how they're getting a lot more usage, but that they expect to affect their sales growth, the coronavirus surge of interest, but also the hits to the advertising economy. And so we've got an interesting set of dots on the sector. The question is, how do they all connect? We'll get into that, but before we begin, our usual disclaimer and disclosure, The Razor's Edge is a podcast on Seeking Alpha's The Investing Edge channel. You can subscribe to The Investing Edge, by the way, wherever you get your podcasts. The views discussed belong to either Akram or me, respectfully. Nothing on this podcast should be taken as investment advice of any sort. We'll disclose any positions to any stocks discussed at the end of the podcast that we don't get to here. But I will say I'm long a little bit of Pinterest and Google. Akram is long Facebook. So, Akram, good morning. Good morning. So, Snap... It seems like a pretty good report. I mean, the market popped, but you have to give the context that they still lose a lot of money. They still have, you know, high share-based compensation. They also don't know how much money they're going to make. But it seems like a pretty good report as a starting it, point. It was their first, I think, cash flow positive quarter ever, right? Okay. Okay. So that, yeah. So that's so you, in the context. So you, got th- you got that going for them. Uh, <laughs> which is nice. Which is nice. But yeah, I mean that was obviously a, a knock before. Structurally, costs are improving. There's no getting around that. I think it's like seven, eight hundred basis points, and they talked about that on the call. Focus them, I think seven, seven, eight hundred total, and try driving costs down seventy cents or so. I think. So, that's uh, that's notable. But yeah, no, I mean uh, on the surface. Uh, you don't like to say that a uh, stock goes up 36% in a day and you're like, okay, it's uh, great. But I, th- this is obviously a confusing one. Let's just be honest. There's, I've been in the bearish camp on it. You, you got to stay open-minded. Uh, and it's hard to look at it the way it traded and not be like, well, I mean, what is part of the just craziness that is these markets lately? You know, it's just liquidity that just is driving so many things uh people don't think much about really i mean if you think i mean we don't really need to get into it but i mean the, the, the federal reserve's balance sheet's gone from 3.7 trillion to six and a half trillion in 
since September one, and like eighty percent of that is in the last four weeks. I mean, put perspective, it's the balance sheet has grown more in the last four or five weeks than it did, you know, from when it first started moving after during the financial crisis through the time up up till now. I mean, forget the fact that, that like it's the same amount as the last fifty years, but just generally speaking. Everything that was done in the financial crisis, all the way through uh, the, the the recession in Europe, the panic there, everything you were thinking about, you know, 2008 to 2015, QE2, taper tantrum, everything that went in between, just smush that into like four weeks. That's uh, that's what the Fed's done. So it's obviously been a big driver in stock, stocks to stop liquidation and and and. You know, when you have good news or bad news, it seems like, particularly lately on good news, more extreme price action in tech just is insane. But yeah, I mean, I mean, let's look at the cadence. I mean, we went through this already, right? You had the first person to drop any news in, in the internet advertising universe was Twitter. And then Pinterest. And then we got some news out of Facebook. Google hasn't said anything about their business. Then you officially got Snapchat reporting. So we've had data points from everybody. And I mean, obviously this, this space is, is interesting because engagement's so high, right? Everyone's at home, they're online. I mean, I, 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 I'm amazed at how much time I spend on Twitter right now. I, I feel like someone with, with an addiction problem. Well, and that's the, you know, we talked about this within the context of, for example, Zoom last time, but it's it's more another fifty percent. I wrote something up on Zoom um, for the subscribers over the weekend. Where, I mean, like I went through the exercise of actually trying to freaking model this thing. Where do I see revenue coming out at? What's paid? What's not paid? How how much is it? It's it's actually a fun game to play because you you you, you can look at Zoom and be like, what will Zoom be? in two years what does it have to be revenue wise for me to just say bye right and i was just of the view like i was actually having this chat with my with my little brother who's like everyone else in america a trading expert all of a sudden and and he's just like bro zoom is going to give an update that update's going to be crazy it's going to be huge and when it does it'll pop and lo and behold that fucking happened yesterday and he's like told you Man, when's I mean, he gonna start that, his like, I, You know, he he, sh he should launch his own service. He's too busy doing influencer marketing and building out sales teams. But uh, <laughs> his, uh, I mean, if you saw his returns since like the beginning of February, you'd just be like, "What the hell? How is this possible?" But so, if we if we go back to the internet advertising, the point is that they're 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 seeing a lot. I assume their cost structure is probably less per I, I would imagine Zoom server costs or whatever else are a little bit more intensive than Yeah, let's not start that we could do if we want to do Zoom like read I'll, I'll send you what I wrote and maybe we'll do that later. Let's just stay away from Zoom. No, I, what I'm saying is I'm saying is that with the internet advertisers there is some of that increased utilization without actually it's not monetizable because I, I somebody made this point on Twitter and I can't remember who to credit them but the the hard spot is you have for example travel companies who are huge advertisers but 
there's no demand for them. So why would they bother to advertise? Travel, auto, hotel. uh, Or you have consumer goods or something where you don't need to advertise because everybody wants you. So it's either there's so much demand that you don't need to advertise or there's not enough demand for advertising to make sense. And so that would in theory seem to squeeze internet advertisers. I'm hesitating because I know I saw the report that there was a ton of interest in advertising for the draft last night, the NFL draft. So there's some hunger to advertise, but I guess what I'm saying is that until this snap report, everything we were seeing was a lot of usage. The revenue didn't look as good. So does that, does this, does this change your mind about the sector at all? Or do you think, do you still more chalk it up to just the weirdness going on in the markets? The fact that snap had that pop. Well, I mean, Snapchat, there's a very good case to be made that Snapchat, without a doubt, of all of them, kind of sits in that spot where video gaming, media, in a demographic targeted that right now is set up nicely for them. If you're, they made a case on the call, which I did find interesting because I've been following the space a lot, is in just like movies moving around in, in their windows mm-hmm. uh, to digital, all digital release windows and their ability to provide uh, an ad product for studios. It's more targeted. Like I know some people in the, in this, in the studio space pretty well uh, uh, on the marketing side. And I will, I will occasionally, you know, have chats with them on, on spend and what's going on in the industry. And, Right now, there's like no industry that's more shaken up by by what's happened than, than Hollywood, particularly budget-wise and marketing spend. So, I mean, if you just were to think about different studios, I, like there was actually the news out yesterday on, I mean, we, we love talking Disney and the whole Marvel slate moving, right? I was talking to, to a friend of mine and he was explaining that nobody in the industry right now wants to be first to, to release a tentpole. And I mean, if you if you've seen like for example, Ghostbusters Afterlife was supposed to be released in uh, in June, that's been pushed to March of twenty twenty one. The first real major tentpole was going to be uh, Venom, Sony, and that was slated for end of October. I think they they pushed it. They made an announcement pushing it to November. Now they they came out like two days ago and said Venom is, is going to June of 2021. Now what else does Sony have coming up? Spidey. So you which were supposed to have their ten, which is which is the I mean Venom and, and Spidey is it for them? Like that's like the viability of of the Sony studio. Uh, otherwise, the business model has to completely change. And Spidey hasn't even I don't think done started production yet. And they've got Tom Holland under contract for this other that what's that video game series, Uncharted. Was Nathan Drake production on that? It, you know, is also tied to finishing Spider Man, right? So, and Spider Man is slated for it's like it's, it's the summer blockbuster for next summer, right? So if they're they haven't said anything yet on Spidey, but if they're moving Venom to late June. Spidey's supposed to be like a, a Fourth of July around release, and Spidey's in MCU, and Disney's has said like the whole MCU slate is shifting to the right. So if you think about that, for example, you had marketing spend for 
Ghostbusters tied to the NBA playoffs. That's out of the door. And you got to look at like a lot of this advertising and the production around Hollywood is so meticulously planned in advance that this essentially losing a year <laughs> has disrupted it massively. So, I mean, you know, I know one studio is spending around 500 million a year and like that's essentially been cut in half. So when you look at that and you, and you think about it, and you look at a Snapchat making the case that they're making, it is it's it like it's an understandable case because they're saying, you know, we're you know we're over fifty percent direct response advertising, and if you're if you're one of these studios who've been buying you know billboards and buses and the upfronts and and stuff tied to sports, right, and you're now releasing things digitally, well, what's like the most valuable place to shift whatever marketing spend dollars you you're going to leave allocating around is something like a Snapchat. Where do you, where do you reach that audience? They're not on Twitter. I mean, they, they, they may be on an Instagram to a degree, but uh, it's definitely a good place. It's yeah. If you're releasing these and, and video gaming without question as well. And like they, they, they reported data regarding how up gaming is. So you do look at it and you're like, yeah, Maybe, maybe, maybe it's, and you know, what was really surprising is the usage data for international, because I, I kind of look at, I mean, look, I'm someone who's lived outside the United States for over a decade up until being back here recently. And I look at that, I'm like, is Snapchat one of these where the international success is just so big and you're kind of ignoring that when you're back in the U.S. You're kind of downplaying it because they're growing so quickly outside the United States still. And that's actually a much more viable piece to them. I mean, the last time I went through something like that was, was Research in Motion, literally 2009, where Apple was growing like crazy in the U.S., but, le- but BlackBerry was like crushing it in Indonesia, Malaysia. And the stock was super cheap uh, as the market had rebounded. And I had had some Apple, but living abroad at the time, particularly you see people using their Blackberries like crazy still before the Apple wave had really hit. And you're like, yeah, this, this Apple thing, it's not, they're not, they're not, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> it's, they're, they're not going to kill Blackberry and Nokia at the same time. And that's kind of like a perspective where you're just like, because you're like, all right, I mean, how many people are there in America? 300 million. But it's, it's, a, different, it's a different ball game when you're looking at it from a perspective of social because, well, I mean, it's where the, it's where the bodies are. And for some reason, uh, with, with a Snapchat, it's continued to do extremely well outside the United States. I mean, it's doing well in the U.S., but extremely well outside the United States. When I look at those numbers, I was just like, oh, that's 45% user growth year over year. Like, how, is, how are you doing that? Versus like 9 10%, was it, in the U.S. on the DAUs? Overall, DAUs were up 20%. And rest of world was 40 yeah north america 10 percent. rest of world 45 percent. europe 14 percent. there you go 
So, so yeah, and that's rest of world has caught up to, and it's in Pinterest case, for example, that growth rate is a big split, but it's still, I mean, I guess the, the, it, there it's more that the ARPU is really low or whatever their term is. Yeah. Is Look, really same low. problem everybody has in advertising outside of the developed world without question. But in Snapchat's case, it's more media. So they're on a hot, they're de- de- definitely higher than something like Pinterest or Twitter would see in those, those markets. Because you've, you've got a very engaged user. Yeah. I mean, and that's when you're, you know, and in their script, they talked about the importance of connecting with your friends and you can see, I mean, you can sort of talk yourself into those effects too. the fact that that is, even as a counter to video conferencing fatigue or whatever else, just the ability to send messages, quick, quick hits and just be in touch with people. I mean, I think that's probably. Look, that's their value prop, right? WhatsApp. They've always had that. Yeah, but it it's, comes into focus when you're not, you know, you think of teenagers who are not in school and not even allowed to leave the house in a lot of places, and all of a sudden, that is just the only way to be in touch or that sort of thing. And so that's where it becomes, you can, you can talk yourself into that being part of where Snapchat also gets gets that boost. And then if there if there's still enough reason to advertise as you were saying in the hollywood case then that kind of keeps them keeps their growth rates afloat to a certain degree without question but it's it look there's i mean going back to the growth rates actually i mean that's part of the debate here on snapchat there's no denying that it's been growing faster there are two things to consider here right snap is still in this 12-month window where they re reboosted user growth that started when they kicked in these new lens filters in the, on the camera in Q1 literally of last year. That's, that's what flipped this around for them. I think it was late February of last year when they launched this and when, the, when they really started seeing the effect of this was Q2 last year. So they actually did mention that too as well, which is a reminder because when I was short snap, we, we would have this conversation, and I, I, I've discussed this with a couple of other short seller buddies in, in, in terms of uh, the idea, whether it's worth picking on them in, in more detail and when focusing on it and making it a more focused short versus a hedge against Pinterest as it was. And it was like, look, is it really that easy? They released these filters. They got a huge engagement boost. And by Q2, those numbers slow down. And you just want to be essentially shorted into that. Like at, at the time when the stock was like 17, you know, you want to be short ahead of that before all this madness happened and it, what it fell down to the single digits and then, you know, back to 17, which has been happening with a ton of stocks and in tech. But if they, they did talk about their cadence on, on the call and, you know, they went through the same thing as everybody who's been talking uh, in the sense where January, February were great, you know, best best performance ever, amazing numbers, and then the invisible enemy came. <laughs> but <laughs> their their cadence on that was January, February like 50, 53%, and then March drops to 25, uh, April so far 14, and the week into this earnings 11. 
I mean, that's a huge, you're go, going from 55% to 11% in, in three months tells you what you're dealing with. And you've got a lot of these guys who are reporting who will be like, hey, this is how we did in, in Q1 and we're pulling guidance and not like that advertise like Pinterest gave you advertising was impacted end of March. They didn't say anything when they gave that update. Well, I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll hear more, but there's a universal consensus that Q2 is going to be really bad. The, the 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 brunt of the pain is is April, and then it's a question of where do you go from there. So when you look at it, it's there's two parts I think with this one, which because I I was to the call is a very it's it's a very good conference call, right? I think they did a good job, and it's it's one of those conference calls where they could convince you. Almost that there's a case here that Snap wasn't a one-trick pony on the filters driving people back into Snapchat on a temporary basis. That's essentially an argument. That's that's. I think they're making some progress on shooting down. But when you when you consider the fact that they have that tough comp in Q2, and and the first underperforming lappage quarter-wise would have been Q2, you kind of now have this coronavirus thing that gets in the way of like, all right, well, how much of how much of this drastic slowdown can be blamed on coronavirus and how much of it is also part of your business in terms of the, in terms of, because March, January and February should have been huge positive compares for them year over year without anything going on like that's not exactly super shocking march should have been when they slowed down because those filters did come out and they had that huge boost in 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 march of last year like it started at the end of february and like that's when you were able to start to see a measurement was like march and then into april may june etc so they 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 are lapping that and that's one way you look at it and you're like you know one more quarter to kind of see although what they gave you engagement wise is still pretty positive year over year, but you definitely have a headwind to go with the overall advertising environment. But does that is that something where on the you could see it both ways? You could see it two two negatives sort of make a not a positive, but it wipes out the scrutiny a little bit because everybody's so quick. And you've talked before in different. You know, you've talked in the context of longs you have and in the context of shorts you have that even the sell side doesn't always pay attention to these sort of overlapping things. They kind of, they, it just goes into the background of the narrative without paying attention to that the comp's going to be tougher. So now they get a get out of jail free to some degree because Q2 is just going to be a wasteland anyway. And then they come out of it right. clean. So is that, it, that almost sets them up nicely, you could argue. Look, part of the problem with Snapchat is they're they're in this kind of no man's land as far as a stock investment because they're so expensive compared to everybody else in in that space on in online advertising. And where are they now? I mean, they got up to seventeen again. When you think about that, that's uh, what is that twenty 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 two billion? So what's the math? EV to sales. We have them Almost. at 
13.5x trailing. We have them at 12, but I'm not sure if that's the updated. It's 22 billion enterprise value. Yeah. At $17, basically. And they did like what, 1.6 in, tra- in revenue uh, the previous year? Yeah. I mean, it, like, it's over 13. Put it this way what, what's Twitter? Twitter right now is ju- just a hair under five. I mean, I had some people already asking me again, would I be willing to buy Twitter? Would I be would I be willing to flip that? And I'm not going to lie. I, I'm thinking about it again because when we, when we did that Twitter podcast, we went through this this element of the fact that Twitter was, you know, at a premium. Then, you know, Twitter was what thirty three, thirty four dollars, and I actually shorted Twitter for the first time, and I and I actually made some money on it. And it's today the cheapest name in the space again by far. 4.9 times. Okay, so that's Twitter. 4.9 EV to sales. Snap 13.4. Facebook 6.6. Pinterest is what? Nine. Yeah, I was going to say it's still high single, I think. Okay, so there you go. I mean, Twitter is now, like, it had gotten to a point where Facebook was cheaper than Twitter. We had that period, like, it seems like a millennium ago. But it was like three weeks ago, <laughs> four weeks ago, because Twitter came out with the with the Elliott update and then rallied in in, a, in the face of a falling market, which actually set that up where where I was like, how's how's this happening? And then it went as low as twenty one, twenty two. I mean, I think I covered at twenty four, but uh, it was uh, it was a cr- crazy swing in in a couple of days. Pinterest came down to what nine ten and almost hit twenty. So Pinterest and Snapchat had done basically the same thing. They both dropped significantly to real extreme points, and then have had like almost the equivalent of you know short covering rebounds that you would typically attribute to short. But it's more like this liquidity dynamic in in this market. But yeah, I mean, I, I, it's hard to not to look at Snapchat and be like, well, what's priced into it then? With I. It's it's double, essentially the next closest name on EV to sales. So, I'm gonna go valuation kind of trumps everything else here, and still makes it uninvestable. I don't know. I mean, what's your take? I mean, I think yeah, the, the, that's always you know I I'm I struggle to get too far on a limb valuation wise. I guess what I'm what I'm trying to ascertain are these you made the point snap is more media for example as compared to pinterest and i think that's what's going to be interesting to see is how does the actual who actually benefits from like does this actually mean the same thing for all these other companies or is the story different is it you could this is not a name we've mentioned yet but amazon also has quite a bit of an advertising business now do they have because Amazon's getting so much traffic for everything else? Does their advertising get more important because you still have to buy stuff, and that makes it you want to game that more? And so I guess that's it's, the question. It's obviously from that standpoint, Amazon is valuable real estate. I, I got into this with someone online where they were trying to make the case that Amazon's advertising business is going to get a going to get hit in this environment, and I was just like, well, it wouldn't that be the one ad business that's hit the least. So what are you doing? 
why I'm making that argument. Right. Yeah. I mean, it just, I, it really. I don't even want to talk about that stock. I can't believe I sold it. And it's ridiculous. <laughs> right. I, we could die, but it really is sort of a perfect it, storm. It, it just tortured me last year. I couldn't make money long Amazon. I, like for, for two months, Apple, Microsoft went up every day and Amazon did nothing. And all, all I owned was Amazon calls like crazy aggressively. And I would just be like, why, why is nobody buying this thing? Everything is going up, literally everything. And this stock doesn't move. And what is it? The entire economy to these days to people. It's the I mean, it was, it was literally up. I looked at it at one point last week. It was up 20% on the week. I was like, geez, Amazon added half of Facebook in three days. It's up almost, it's up about 25 to 33% this year. Pretty close Why wouldn't to it be? I mean, Twitch is crushing it. Uh, everybody has to scale up that on compute has to, you know, uh -huh. spend more on AWS. It's pretty much all the shopping that anyone is doing. You know, you're sitting at home and buying stuff that you, in, in many cases you don't necessarily even need just stuff <laughs> on top of on top of the essential business and you know i mean it's got you know it's video and core businesses logistics I mean, like every single one of their businesses is well positioned right now i mean that's I, it's it really does feel like a perfect storm i mean obviously lots of political economic concerns around them but it just seems like I, and if you want to even throw it in, by the way, Washington Post is getting tons of attention and traffic. Well, too. I mean, that's his personal own, but yes, yeah, correct. Uh, right, I, right. I know it's not part of the business, but it's just if we're thinking about Bezos. Yeah, and world. he's and he's and he's supposedly back involved in day to day. You know, I he's not that he's not on his yacht and and house hundred sixty million dollar houses or whatever. It's kind of you know it's flipped. You know, it's like Amazon back in its prime so to speak <laughs> i mean yeah it's there's probably a blue origin joke in here somewhere but maybe we can skip that but i guess so, the, so do you think what are you expecting from the other advertisers i guess as we what do you do you think well i mean, well, I mean you would think that google is going to see some based on travel a lot of i mean let's go back pinterest was like hey we don't have much exposure to small restaurants and travel I would imagine Yelp is, is is like the worst case scenario. It's just like, what the fuck is going on there? That's got to be Armageddon as far as advertising for them. Because that's actually drawn to uh, around, you know, hotels and restaurants. But Facebook, Facebook is, is a lot of SMB. I, like they should definitely see a hit as well. I mean, and it's such a huge business. This goes back to the fact that if you're going to go from spending 500 million to 250 in terms of, let's say, a, a major studio marketing budget for the year, that's it impacts so much, right? I mean, this was my rationale behind shorting some trade desk, and, and, and three days later, it's up 25 percent. I'm closing the position. <laughs> we can get into the market element yet, but I'm just like, all right, I mean, I can't short Omnicom and publicists. These things have been absolutely hammered. They haven't rebounded, but trade desk has gone from 140 to 210. I'll, I'll short some trade desk here. And then before you know it, it's 260. But trade desk is a business where you, you can make a case that they're benefiting because spend comes out of a certain place. It's still got to go into an area you're repurposing the way money is being spent 
Roku's another one we haven't even discussed, right? I mean, that thing got down to the 50s, and, and I, I'm, I don't like my Roku at all as a stock. It's doubled in the last, like, three weeks, and that's one where, again, like, streaming hours up huge, but the advertising spend, I know from some checks, not nearly as good, but they didn't give any guidance on the next quarter. So they just kind of came in and like, hey, this is where we came in at the end of the year. And uh, for January, February, March, March did see some slowing, but, you know, we're not going to get too much into detail. And, and the stock has, you know, rip-roared back to life. I do think you, you, you kind of have to, when you look at these, break it down into who's kind of unique. I do think Snap does still make a case like, like they were making as, regarding video gaming and TV, film, etc., being a, a target audience right now that has an advantage over others. But I mean, if you look, there was some sell side dispute over this is a demographic, the younger demographic is going to be hit hard by the recession. Where are you on that? Like basically these guys, if I'm, a, if I'm an advertiser, I'm, why, why would I be spending money here going forward? Because their disposable income is going down. Yeah, that that's because that's also said. You know, again, not to- internships are being canceled. You know, people are concerned coming out of school. Where, where are they going to get jobs? What's the dynamic? Young guys not exactly as confident as before about their prospects, and that means that they have less money to spend. And you're better off spending on you know season. You know, the Twitter demographic, for example. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess to me it seems more not to go into economic theory, but it seems more of a class thing in the sense of the, it, it does feel the same way that the largest companies feel stri- like they're the most tr- well set up to survive something like this. It feels like if you're somebody who is in an upper middle class situation and you can work from home and you're not, your income hasn't really changed, you've got a lot of extra money on your hands as compared to normal. It, we, I, I don't know that we can point to numbers, but Seeking Alpha's audience is up, but also you can sort of, you get the perception that you brought up your brother's example. You get the perception that people with some time on their hands, some of them are dipping into the market, for example, just because that's, that's where the action is. I, some, I, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like, that is the entertainment. That people, is who have, people who have never traded, I forget my, it, there's at least half a dozen. I get people that are like, Yo, bro, I'm doing this with uh, Snapchat, Zoom. What do you, what's your take on uh, Slack? Da, 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 da. Bought some Tesla last week. I'm up forty percent. Everyone's a trader. So if your if your take is that there are enough people on Snap who are either kids from D, from families where they have, it would be nice to see what percentage of Snapchat users have Robinhood accounts. But yeah, continue. Yeah. So, but who have the spending money to? do this to where the for example the stimulus checks are not being used to just cover rent or whatever but are being used well we can't go to the restaurants who pays rent anymore (laughs) so i some i guess i still pay mortgage mortgage payments but yeah sucker seriously no but you know what i mean like i think that's to me you can see the case young people are relatively resilient emotionally and relatively sort of 
it's second or third level effects. I mean, I remember being 23 when the, you know, in 2008 and I was just, and I was working not a very, I, I was working at a school. I was making, uh, I think I got housing and maybe a thousand bucks a month. So it wasn't like I was making a lot of money or whatever it was. It was, it was enough to get by, but I was totally just out to lunch about the crisis that was happening around me. And so you could make the case that if you have enough kids who are coming from middle class, upper middle class, wealthy families on Snapchat who just aren't thinking about it, they're still looking for stuff to buy and they still are able to do it. So I can see it. I guess it, to me, that's what it boils down to more. I would assume that. Yeah. And so then your argument is if you, that's your population, if you assume that people who are super plugged into the apps are slightly, you know, there's correlation between people who are tech savvy and people who are well off to some degree. And so you start to work that out. I guess you could get there. I wouldn't say I'm skeptical of the argument you started with from whoever made it that kids are worse off. I just, I think that's... Will be worse off. Remember, there's two phases to this thing. At the end of the day, what's going on right now is is almost farcical in in, in the sense of uh, its connection to the reality. Uh, there, there's a lot of these articles, for example, the last couple of days about uh, unemployment insurance and the fact that for some people, it makes more sense to stay home and not work. A restaurant, for example, in Oregon, there was an article on CNBC that you know, she reached out, she wanted to reopen because delivery has kind of been a little bit stronger than she expected and she'd laid off people in the beginning. The employees were like, no, I'm not, <laughs> I'm good. I'm getting $600 extra a week. I don't want to come back to work right now type well, of thing. And that's, that's, that's an element because look, unemployment insurance is designed to cover in the, in the U.S., the replacement rate average nationally is somewhere between like 25 and 50, right? They're like the lowest states, Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama, you, you end up replacing about somewhere between 25 and 30% of the wage for whether it's you know, 13 or 26 weeks varies. But nobody goes over 50. And when, you, when the, the $600 that they've added for four months through August 1st, is targeted to bring the the national average up to 100%. So the national average gets to 100%. And the argument had been that there's going to be some people they, they try I don't remember if you if you if you remember this but uh, McConnell and Graham like raised some issues and tried to block it initially when they were when they were passing cares being like well we can't have people making more than 100% of their previous salary because you have many if if, if you do the math $600 a week it, on a 40-hour work week is $15 an hour. So everybody's getting $15 an hour at least. And then the minimums in the states vary, but like if you do it based on the maximums, you're really talking $20, $20 an hour is kind of like what anyone who's getting the combination of, of the CARES boost and, and the typical unemployment is going to be getting for at least through August 1. So there's tons of workers today, grocery stores, big box, the, the essential workers making far less than that. And the, the focus has been, hey, well, you know, these, it, you've got some people and, and states with really high replacement rates like Oregon, 
and, and Washington, for example, or Arizona, that added 600 bucks. So there's people in those states who literally are making significantly more money to not work, that have been laid off for those four months. If, if you really believe that this is one of these dynamics, because this isn't like you, you were talking about the financial crisis earlier, right? And that kind of being out to lunch on it. I mean, the financial crisis was my joint. That was to me, I was this bear, what's going on here? Uh, how, the world is going to end. And I've been saying it since 2007. And short countrywide, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and uh, all this response. But the bottom line on financial crisis was everyone in America, and for that matter, like worldwide, could, when things unraveled, and they unraveled over almost three years, really, look in the mirror and be like, I it was my fault as well. I bought too many houses. I got too over leveraged. I, it, it wasn't something you, you could, Wall Street was doing what they were doing with derivatives and the, the housing market and the financialization and, and CDOs and CDOs squared and uh, the, the, the overall aggressive nature of things and, and, and ninja loans and all that crap in terms of the subprime lending. But everyone, was out of control with housing. I mean, whether you're talking about Spain or Ireland or London or America or Dubai, I mean, you had housing mania all over the planet. And it was, it was a crazy real estate market and everybody thought that their first, second, third property, they were getting rich and they, and they were all kind of leveraged around it. So when it crashed, you couldn't just point the finger. You couldn't say, hey, someone else's fault. Well, what's I, complicated? What's complicated about this is is it, everyone feels blameless, even though that's not true. But you have this kind of dynamic here, where when you get into the situation with a worker and 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 he's sitting at home collecting unemployment, if you offer him to come back to work, well, I mean, he's not eligible for unemployment by the, by the letter of the law. That's the whole purpose of unemployment insurance. But you're going to get this debate here where it's like, hey. Uh, that person's making 120% or 150% of what they were making beforehand. So what, what are we dealing here with? You know, socialism, incentivizing people to sit on their ass. But what, where I take issue with that is, is that if I'm making 80%, okay, of my previous working salary, I'm still incentivized to stay home. Forget 110, 120. I don't care. It's, my free time is not free. I mean, it's worth money. So if, if you're going to tell me I'm going to get 80% of my, my salary for four months, I think there's a lot of workers out there who are like, that's good enough for me as well, right? Once you cross 50%, it's no longer insurance. It starts functioning more like stimulus and that, or to, to in essence, even like a level of basic income temporarily. So when you think of it that way, the fact that the replacement rates with this extra $600 are between 90% and 120% or so, or 130 for all 50 states, everybody essentially who's been laid off and is eligible for unemployment that would have been making less than, let's call it $40,000 a year is incentivized not to work. Well, but that's, that's part. That's part of the dynamic here. So when people are talking about opening up the economy again, I mean, you're you're cutting them the checks right now. When you open it back up for some people, 
that's when the dynamic really changes. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, and that's partly a public health play to to make it so to reduce the pressure on opening preemptively and all that. You know, we can get into the debate around that, but that. Wait, but yeah, but it's not like when I was laid off or something in two thousand and eight. If I'm in that category and I lost my job because housing crashed and there was a lot of layoffs and general less spending in the economy and i'm i'm on unemployment for 13 to 26 we like this is a this is a different dynamic you're getting paid a hundred percent or 90 that is i'm giving i'm covering your salary right but you haven't lost a job effectively yet you've got four months where you really haven't lost a job at all right but that's because the government essentially said you this job can't exist for an indefinite period of time while we figure out what the hell is going on. So, okay, but what about if you work at Kroger or Walmart and you're making eleven dollars an hour? Shouldn't you be getting the equivalent of hazard pay here? Yeah, like 100%. absolutely. Yeah, you should be getting. What, 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 what do you? What should you be getting to work? One hundred and fifty percent? One hundred and sixty? I mean, no, because you're it, staying. You're staying in your job and. You're risking uh, your health. Everybody who's been laid off from a, a restaurant or hotel or whatever is making at least $20 an hour. You put a floor on the minimum wage, essentially speaking, right? <laughs> well, That's I what's mean- going on till, till, till August 1. I mean, it, it, all 50 states, you know, if you take the minimum and you, and you add the $600, like you're, you're, you're looking at nobody should be making less than $17, $18 an hour. It's maybe it's one way to, you know, minimum wage, national minimum wage of 15 was, I think, the campaign. Okay, uh, but I'm just saying if you're an Amazon employee, if you're a Walmart employee, like uh, in these are private employers, they haven't. Let, again, you have to be laid off to be eligible for unemployment. Okay. And the point here is you've been laid off and. Now your employer is back at me. I mean, maybe a way to resolve this is to grant bonuses for these essential workers, like classify what is essential and say that, you know, after August 1, we'll cut them a check that makes sure they get, you know, equal to the, you know, national or for their state, you know, the minimum that the, the they would have gotten under uh, being unemployed. Right, so the six hundred dollars plus, uh, plus the unemployment insurance that they would like, you did not make less that by continuing to work. But I, like I said, is that even enough? Like you should be getting a premium. Well, but so setting aside the the economic issues for the advertisers, what you're describing is extraordinarily bullish, actually, when you think about it. Because what you're describing is inflationary. It, I don't necessarily know if it's bullish because fine. that's it's my point. You've got you've you've got a segment of people that are sitting at home and have re- not only do they have money in their pocket, like they're spending less. They're not driving to work. Okay. So the the, the gas tank money's come out. Okay. Uh, I'm not traveling at all compared to what I used to. I'm not going not to these restaurants compared to so I've taken a bucket of consumption, cut it to zero. And put it, kept it in your pocket, and you're sitting at home, and w- w- like you, you now have more discretionary income for a certain subset of places spent, right? Right, which is where, I mean, 
if you have enough people who have goods to sell. I mean, I posed that quandary earlier where if I already have enough demand, I don't need to advertise further. But if you have something, if you have a reason to, to advertise, like to get out, get the word out for a movie, for example, if you were to try to do some direct to consumer release or whatever, like there are I mean, like, times I, I, to strike. I, I, without question. Right. So that like, there's that argument clearly in terms of like, if you're in, if you're in the gaming demo or in, if you're in the streaming media demo, like this is, this is a place where you can take advantage because they, they do have money to spend and you, and you can take advantage of it. I mean, I just think about from a, like that, that that's when you look at Walmart and Costco and Amazon stock, I mean, I bought a tripod for videotaping cooking, right? I mean, for like, talk about a, a random purchase. Uh, to, vi- to film yourself cooking. Like to-, to be able to film, but yes, to get a perfect overhead angle on my food <laughs> right this uh, is because I, 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 production I, I, I on zoom myself. or production for yeah, Instagram? i'm doing I, I use i use InShot, okay which is an app that, that lets you do editing on the fly i'm getting look i'm just setting up for the inevitable pivot dude so I can see. every everybody right now is is a stock analyst so my skill set is essentially useless <laughs> video editing though that that's the future well it's funny not to be too on the nose, but I was in a meeting yesterday where we were, it was with provider to us of a service, not at Seeking Alpha. And they, we were joking about virtual backgrounds, whatever. We use Jitsi for our call rather than Zoom. And so we we're talking about that and the security and then the lack of virtual backgrounds. And the guy said, yeah, but you know, Snap's ch- camera, Snap's camera can give you a lot of VR stuff and a lot of... Everyone downloading, what are you talking about? They were talking about that on the call. Like the, actually downloading the camera as equipment is very popular. So there you go. So it's, maybe, Snap, maybe Snap is secretly the video conferencing play as well. I mean, everybody is on video conferencing is so hot right now. <laughs> so <laughs> hot right now. Um, I mean, talk about technological breakthroughs. You can, you can, you can video over the internet. Wow. Well, it's, I mean, it's really like, you know, the David Foster Wallace novel, infinite chest from the nineties where all of a sudden we're just plugging right in and talking to each other. And meanwhile, the world is fracturing. Um, so but that's the point. There's a, that's where you have an issue here, right? Because once, once the stimulus goes away, you're going to have these distortions correcting in themselves, right? You're going to actually, this is what happens when you mess with something like the economy like this on this level, whether it's the fed uh, as it, you essentially have pre- prevented liquidation. Everybody's kind of just got money. They're sitting there and it's just like, it's like, it's, it's summer camp for a lot of people. I mean, if you, if you didn't get sick and you don't have someone close to you yet who's sick and you're social distancing, that's what it is. And there's an element there where you know you're you're looking for ways to to entertain yourself. I mean that goes back to our conversation on Pinterest, right? Pinterest should have also kind of like like a snap, a bit of a. They did make that case, and it was only a PR. We didn't get this you know long conference call to sit and see what they had to say, but they did talk about the fact that you know we don't we have less exposure to these verticals, and you got to think, okay, you know you've got housewives sitting at home planning, <laughs> like we're, you know home improvement projects. I mean, Home Depot, if you think about it in Lowe's, these are 
not bad ideas. Like my, my neighbor is a medical director at a nursing home. All he does, I mean, it's like call, talk about ground zero. And all he's dealing with is Zoom calls of, of people who can't see, you know, their loved ones who are in these nursing homes. And everyone has COVID in the nursing homes, essentially speaking. I mean, like, let's not make a blanket statement to that level, but, you know, the, his level of cases is, is super high. He hasn't obviously been to a nursing home physically in weeks, but inside they've stopped testing in some of these places because the presumption is if you have the case, if you have the symptoms, you're COVID positive and the hospitals won't take you. They don't want to bring the nurses. So like the, you've got this kind of black hole where you've got these nursing home patients and they, they can't be transferred to a hospital. You're, you can't come see them. You, you don't want to come pick them up and bring them home to you, even if you could in the rare cases. So a lot of the stuff is going on Zoom virtually and, and whatnot. So he's not going into the office. So what's he doing when he's not on really depressing Zoom calls? Every single home improvement project you could think of. I mean, the guy's he's, I'm watching him, you know, building stuff every every day. And that's kind of a, a, a dynamic you got to be thinking is is something where a lot of people – for a Pinterest sitting around looking for things or, or ways to spend money, th those are places that would benefit. If you believe this thing is going to be something that lasts for over a year and in some, in, in some cases maybe longer in terms of its overall impact, if you're not going to go back to traveling consistently and not talking about like from a vacation standpoint, going somewhere notable – and you're going to be doing something more localized than like barbecues, people making stuff, camping, these types of things. This is a, this is an interesting place for, for uh, the, even though the overall consumer discretionary pie may shrink to a certain degree where, where spend is repurposed, right? If, if you're not going to be doing these activities where kids go to the movies or, you know, some indoor park that's physical adventure or uh, game rooms or whatever you call them, escape rooms. Money's got to be respent somewhere. So outdoor, local could be one of them. And that's, I think, I think that's one way to look at a, a Pinterest on the other end of a snap, which is totally digital in terms of gaming and, and, and streaming and connecting to that demographic. You got another one that's connecting with, you know, the uh, the housewives and the do-it-yourself, uh, you know, home improvement dad projects. There was an article in the Atlantic about that idea. Maybe you saw it about planning your next Pinterest trip. The Atlantic. What a liberal. <laughs> I literally, I've been, I've been I'm, outed. I'm actually, I'm, I'm literally, I'm giving you shit about that because I got, I, I posted some article and like literally somebody, somebody on Facebook, uh, on Twitter was like, you know, stop, stop bashing Trump and, and, and read the Atlantic. How's your Shopify short? Like <laughs> I saw that. That, that was, that was, the, that was the trolling I got. I was like, <laughs> like how, how, what, am I really being trolled on this topic? Like, because I read the Atlantic. I mean, uh, I, I watch a lot of Fox news as well. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, but that concept of, you know, planning ahead for your next trip, I should also say, I've thought about yeah, that virtual, virtual travel, virtual travel. And then I've also thought about, I own shares in Thor industries, which is 
along with Forest River, which is a Berkshire Hathaway company, also along Berkshire Hathaway, but the leading RV maker in the U.S. and also has bought went into Europe. They bought a company in Europe, and so that's what's it called again? Somebody pitched that as a long on Twitter. Thor Industries. I think, it's, yeah, you know who pitched it? Uh, Mark Cahodes, a very notable short seller. Right? Huh. Okay. On the same so side. He, the, everybody talking about the boom in camping that's coming. It's an interesting – I think they're a pretty well-run company. They've, they're weirdly – you know, they're cyclical. They, I should have sold I, – I bought – they're basically back to where I started with them. I should have sold shares when they got up – they got ahead of themselves and were already up in the 80s. But – I wanted to hold on for a year for tax gain reasons, which I've learned that I made this point on Twitter. I've, that's one of my lessons learned from this is don't get too cute about that stuff. But yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, I, do I think it makes sense that it's priced where it is now? I'm not sure. They've, they were just recovering from an inventory dealer, a dealer inventory correction. And now, this like they're definitely going to take on the nose, but it's a pretty well-run company, and they pay down their debt pretty quickly. They had that recent acquisition, so when you think about how travel might change, yeah, you can see. I mean, and and we haven't talked about the fact that the price of oil is and gas is low. I mean, gas is. I don't know what it is where you are. My dad was saying it was under two bucks in Massachusetts, which it hasn't been in a long time. So I mean, I used to pay. Uh- 79 cents a gallon in atlanta when i was in college so when trump was like it's never been this cheap at least not since you guys have been alive i was like actually no i I tried to remind (laughs) i reminded my dad that when i was in high school which maybe i might be a tad younger than you it was 98 or 99 i remember under a buck in Massachusetts or New Hampshire. So yeah, I mean, it's so, but anyway, like 70, you can start- 79 cents, 79 cents. It's probably 1997. Okay. So you can, so you can talk yourself into that. So when you're trying to think through what's changing or what's going to get more emphasis than other things on the margins and what margin is going to be enough, that's interesting. And I think that's to tie it back to where we are. It's interesting to think about these, how that, benefits the different comp the different social media companies and how yeah what i think my takeaway from this conversation is just thinking about the different user bases and different uh, sort of ways to reach snap users versus pinterest users versus twitter users facebook is sort of all-encompassing i think and google of course and amazon are both different stories as well but it seems like with these three, at least, there's a little bit different of a reason to be there, a mindset, and an audience, and that it might affect each of those companies. Yeah, right. So it's like Pinterest has got, you know, do it yourself and housewives bored at home trying to figure stuff out. Cooking. Cooking is so big right now. I mean, everybody's cooking. Everybody. If this ends, you're going to be talking about, you know, Great chefs are coming out of this on the other side. That's I made I made a pretty good chicken soup last week. So there you go. There you go. Who who isn't working on their cooking skills right now? So that's definitely uh that's definitely the Pinterest. And then on the other end, like you said, like video gaming and uh and uh streaming and 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 the millennial generation. Uh that's Snapchat. And then the, the, the two giants kind of have a mix of everything, right? Facebook and Google, 
uh, where you're definitely going to see a more pronounced hit. I think Twitter is Twitter is just that, you know, I'm really tempted to go long it again. I mean, just based on, on the way I, I, Snapchat has traded and now where the valuation is. Like, this is the annoying thing about this market. I mean, things are just swinging around so wildly. Like, we just had this, we've, we've, we've been talking about all this crap, and we started with the Snapchat focus here. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Snapchat is, is trading at, you know, 13, 14x. Yeah, it's the fastest growing of all those names. And it's making the most improvement, relatively speaking, to where its narrative had been. Like, it had been burning a lot of cash. It's getting, you know, cash flow positive, positive revenue growth in this environment. Everybody else is likely to be in the negative side or have taken a major major hit. I mean, Twitter already told you that they're going to be that they're going to be flat to slightly down. And, and that was for Q1, not that was for- that, 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 that's Q1 March, a couple weeks. So think about how badly hit they got. But Twitter's got a lot of advertising tied to live spending. They've kind of tied themselves into that. Events oriented, right? Like conferences and 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 uh, sports. You know, these are things that that Twitter makes money off of. Uh, you take away live, and that's, I mean, as much as finance and politics is, is has got a very super intense and uh, user base, it's not where advertisers want to be. So that, that's where you struggle with it. And you've got, you know, the Jack Dorsey. We were just talking about, you know, before we started the call, the, the Vanity Fair piece on him, where you're like, what's going on there? He's li- li- living his best life. God bless him. The man does it all. Seven-minute seven ice baths in the morning. Hangs out with Kanye and Kim. Yeah, he's, 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 he's in good shape. Uh, Whether... I mean, you do look at what's going on on Twitter, and you're like, "How? Like, why is this thing not more robust as a as a business model? From from podcasting to disaster relief monitoring, etc. There's just there's so many things. But let's not get into that because that's going to be a whole we'll, we'll waste right. another hour, and we've already done that. But yeah, I think Snapchat is. I, I'd say I came away less bearish than I. I've been, but I can't touch the stock. Valuation's still crazy. I mean, it's look, they're all advertising businesses, right, at the end of the day. And they're not Yelps in terms of where where they're getting hit the hardest. Uh, Let's, you're you're not, let's say, a media agency that, you know, had some client spending 15 20 million dollars a year who's, who's just chopped things in half and 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 you're taking that hit as far as the creatives but they they do have some things going in, in their favor relatively speaking but is, is it five billion is it worth five billion more than twitter as a company today because if you do the if you do the math on them the Q2 is probably going to come in around 400 million, maybe, maybe a little bit less. So it's a sequential decline, probably. I mean, typically it is a there's a drop off, but of 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 a, of a, of a little note. But you get, 
that like you can sit here and model this thing out and be like, all right, what are they going to do? Like, what's what's this year look like for them? One point eight billion. One point nine. I don't know. Two. How high can they go? But at, at the the front half is looking like eight hundred and sixty million, something around there. So after the growth of Q1, you have pretty serious revenue drop off for the remainder of the year, even without COVID-19. I mean, that's, that was, that was going to be, that was going to be an element and you're paying, you're paying minimum two X the multiple, essentially speaking as everybody else. Now, granted, they're still growing. Uh, like I would assume Twitter's numbers, you know, for the last 10 days, as far as, as advertising down notably compared to where Snapchat is. Uh, I don't know where Facebook's going to be, but it's, it's going to be down probably. Uh, the question is just how much. And then Google. I mean, I would think Google, I haven't seen the breakdown, but I, would, I think Google still has a lot of uh, business driven around uh, travel. Yeah, I can't remember. It's something like eight to because I follow the travel stocks closely. I feel oh, Expedia like I, got that investment. Another Silver Lake. Expedia and Airbnb. The you may have. Um, yeah, Expedia, Airbnb, Booking, which I'm long, uh, still got was able to go to just the normal debt market and get much cheaper debt, but. Yeah, but I feel like it's eight to ten percent of Google's advertising is travel. I could be, don't listeners don't hold me to that, but I, it, it's it's a meaningful effect. I mean, it's interesting. Maybe the last thing uh, I I've brought up my colleague Mark Pentakoff before, who covers our tech vertical for Pro on Seeking Alpha, and he did a little extrapolation based on Snapchat, and he did some estimations essentially of how much sequential growth snapchat usually sees q1 to q2 and the and then compare that to that guidance that they provided on the call of 11 percent, 15 percent, etc uh year over year growth and said that there's a it looks he just came up with a number of 20 percent shortfall versus what you might have expected without covid and so then you sort of back it into some of these other companies, Alphabet might be flat year over year. Roku and Trade Desk both see double digit growth rates instead of like low double digit instead of the prodigious numbers they've been putting up. So it's just interesting that's Snap is ultimately the first one to go in the in the pile and it was obviously better than people were expecting, but it'll be interesting to see how what is unique to them and what is uh common as we get to all these other companies when they actually give their I mean it did come report. off a little bit yesterday like 5 6% after the huge what was it 36% yeah and it's down i mean it's back down actually to around 16 bucks a share so it has pulled back you were used to had it at 17 but it got it did get up to 17 and then yeah it came down about half a buck yesterday and a little bit more today. Hello, Tim. 23,000 people attend a live streaming class. I mean, uh, it's, 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 it's a whole nother, that's another one where you can sit there and talk about, you know, 
will what's going to happen in the gym industry and repurposing spend there right you're not paying your subscription fee for your gym where is that money going going to it's an interesting pie i mean there's 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 an overall argument that this is just going to last a lot longer than expected and that's where you get into this whole stock market and a macro part which is so hard because you don't you can't sit here and be discussing what their fedex is but like when i see snapchat move the way it has uh on the back of the news the other day you know you almost want to sit there and say okay Maybe just wait. There's way too much going on in this market that's that's tied to uh, the intervention we've seen, and that's just the dominant factor in driving price in anything. Because if we're if we're dealing with a dynamic where, like, we're at a point right now, cadence-wise, with anyone who reports, where you're looking at like two months of pre-coronavirus for most of them, and two weeks maybe or like let's call it a week of at least in the u.s of like notable coronavirus impact and then into the guidance where like none of them want to give specific i mean like snapchat just did for example and say hey 11 percent this week from a rate that was 55 percent in in february where you're like okay this is uh the next quarter is going to be a drop off where we, you have April's the worst, and maybe like some degree, like you'll be looking at June. Uh, you'll be looking at at May in terms of like let's say some sort of like, let's call it rebound stabilization, and then it, like June by like you're literally talking by June to kind of get a sense of like where things are leveling around. I mean, is this entire summer a write off? For, for everybody? I don't know. You got you to think about that. I mean, we're still in this debate of opening things up and back and forth, but talking to people in the medical community, it doesn't seem like anything is getting resolved anytime soon. And that's where you get into this dynamic with, if the Fed has stopped mass liquidation for now, well, okay, what we've seen is unattractive assets, you know, didn't go bankrupt. They didn't, they didn't, you're dealing with a scenario where it's like, I have enough liquidity to not be generating revenue and through for this many months based on right now. And that was the initial type of reaction. But the, for the last week and a half, we've seen the resilient businesses getting bid up to the point that you've got plenty of making new highs, right? Where the distortion that existed, let's talk about it from like, if you were looking at these businesses pre-corona, forget the impact uh, and trying to think about how it works out for the longer term, you're now looking at them and you're being like, well, what should I be paying for any of these names? Does anybody have a clue? I mean, is it like every relative value type of gap, like uh, is are, are, are all software stocks insulated in terms of valuation? For valuation, you need to know what earnings are going to be. And that's just as hard as anything else. And, and essentially, what type of multiple are you willing to pay? Because I can look at 
you know, you know companies like Disney and, and and say, all right, well, I mean, this is what's happening. You saw Netflix. Netflix was an interesting example. They reporting at the same time as Snapchat, and they beat uh, the sub. The sub number came in seven million bigger, double on paid subs, right? And I thought they actually gave you an interesting argument where, like, they're like, look, we're essentially assuming that the back half is a slowdown relative to what we'd expected because there's a lot of pull forward that goes with this. Because that's something what you think about with a Zoom. You're like, if if things start to open back up, what does Zoom look like usage-wise next year, year over year? And that's where we get into a Snapchat. We had the filters. We had th- like it's. I, let's just say for Snapchat, you got to put it in. Like I think the overall conclusion based on this is you got to put it in the unresolved bucket category, right? Some good, some still question marks. Because when I think back to and we haven't even got it into this, the thing that I'd focused on the most and little scatterbrain here on my part, but was TikTok. Part of when I was looking at this. Pinterest Snapchat trade when I put it on last summer, I, to me it was just Snapchat was was on like a, a temporary camera filter boost, and you had this new lion coming out of nowhere in TikTok, you know, as a, as a competitor to add to the existing Facebook and uh, Instagram and uh, you know t- t- standard universe of, of competition that we that we had. And I don't really know if any of the question marks regarding that were resolved. And that's when we, when we started this call and, and, and you pulled up those, the rest of the world number. That's where I look at it. And I'm just like, I, I don't, I, I'm not connecting to whether or not this is just a much stronger phenomenon with the youth outside of North America to the point where that can continue to carry it a lot farther than than I would have expected. But I would have thought that TikTok, at the rate it's growing, is benefiting at Snapchat's expense. Is like, is that how you see it? Like, is TikTok winning at Snapchat's expense, or is it winning at Instagram's expense? Like, whose time is TikTok eating? I th- this is out of my. I would say. It probably is eating at both. I would say Instagram's audience probably tilts a little bit older, so is a little bit less affected than my my impressions from TikTok and Snap is that that's both competing with roughly the same audience, whereas Instagram, I think, runs the gamut a little bit more. Okay. Fair what do you th- so, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's... That's one where you look at it and say, I don't know yet. I mean, I should I should have a better idea. I have a close relative at TikTok, but <laughs> I haven't really bothered drilling her on it. But uh, it's 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 something when that from from an investment thesis approach, what I've been looking at last year. If if we didn't have coronavirus, I would re- I really would have been focused on whether or not after this quarter. I was going to ramp up going after like shorting a Snapchat, right? Or covering it and just moving on, right? Or potentially even going along, but I couldn't see that. It would depend on, on valuation, like relative to everybody else. And I just don't think I like 
the, the like you don't want to be shorting these let's call them resilient beneficiaries of COVID-19 till we get to the point that there's some sort of incremental uptake in normalization. And we, ha- we still haven't seen that yet. And I think that's like, that's definitely a weighing factor if you've, if you've seen a, a, a valuation benefit. Because like you said, you, you own a bunch of, let's call it the hardest hit area, travel, online travel stocks. So like, what's your thinking with online travel stocks? Because in theory, I mean, I, I remember we discussed this last time and your rationale behind buying Priceline, but big picture, if you are in the camp that, you know, it's going to be a big summer for camping and uh, you're in the camp that people aren't going to be doing international travel, maybe they're going to like the, the beach house close to them more or like a getaway by the lake. Uh, then all these names still shape up for a better spending environment as things normalize a little bit right but if you're in the if you're of the view that there's some sort of decent level of progress where you know people want to hop back on a plane again and 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 move around the country or you know go up to manhattan and and, and uh, go to broadway and you are going back to sporting events regularly, then you're looking at the valuation of almost this whole bunch collectively and being like, yeah, this is not a place. Like, these are dangerous stocks because the story narrative is less material to me than getting this whole timing of what's happening, uh, both in conjunction with liquidity in the market and like the. Uh, some sort of return to normalcy off of a, off of a, off of a base of zero in industries that are typically a critical part of of day to day life. You're saying that if we return to normal faster, the which stocks would be dangerous? The travel ones, or no? I'm saying if you return to normal faster, getting excited about a Snapchat, right? Okay. For example, here and being like, you know what, uh, video games and uh, uh, and streaming great and stay away from all things tied to you know travel and x y and z uh restaurants but if people are going starting to dine out just 30 percent more than they have been for the last five weeks right and that goes up again 30 percent and like you're you don't want to be in it you don't want the worst stock obviously is zoom if you believe in that well so but but if you believe that there's but but if you believe that it's not a V a V shape type rebound in travel and leisure. And I'm not saying it's going to be a V. I think that's definitely not happening. But something to, you know, a step down from that. If 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 we're not even there and we're talking about a, a, an entire year of subactivity. Like let's say like if you don't think schools are going to be in session physically next year come fall September, the all these stocks are 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 probably long still right yeah everything stay at home media and that's i guess that's and we should probably wrap after this but i would say my it's hard for me to make a bet on any of those things right i don't i i'm generally content to to follow public health guidance and to you know best experts i could give you you know my sense 
I would assume that we're back in physical schools by September. I would assume we're not. The NFL is probably not playing in front of full stadiums at the very least. So that's sort of my. Yeah, I like that. that that's a decent. It's, I'd say that's a moderately bullish case on returning to normal. It's a it, yeah, and it's it's a very it's not meant to be differentiated, right? I'm I'm not trying to stand out, and so but what I given that I don't really know, I'm trying to just say okay, let's. I don't want to be totally out of the market because I just I I saw even in March my inability to manage everything to kind of stagger in. I you know, so how do I try try to give myself the best chance of having a chip in a chair in this market. And I just look at, all right, what company is going to be fine two years from now? And the valuation is not ridiculous. And so something like Snap's interesting on the one hand, because like all of these companies, I don't know, actually, Twitter has plenty of cash too, but they have plenty of cash. That's not, I'm not worried about them or anything like that. But yeah, they're still burning money. They're still... Are they going to be profitable two years from now, for example? I'm not even sure. Even if we are at normal, I'm not sure. And so that makes it, unless you're expecting such an uptick, and I guess that's where the game here is, if you're expecting such a change in their growth trajectory that it will make them, their cost structure more appropriate and it'll just make it easier to scale, which is not unreasonable. But I mean, that's kind of the argument they're making, right? They're like, right. Yeah, we were crushing it beforehand. Everything we've been doing has been working well. Our costs are coming down. We're cash flow positive. Uh, our user growth was, was X, Y, and Z. And yes, there are some things that are happening that are going to be more challenging, but we're on a standalone basis outperforming. And uh, what, what, we've, what we started doing a year ago is working. And you, you couldn't, on this call, they provide a pretty decent evidence that that's the case. Because there's also this kind of added benefit that they could sell to you in terms of within the COVID-19 environment, right? But you couldn't, you couldn't come in and be like, wow, but what, what percentage is like your cameras, like from when you launched the filters last year and the snap camera and all this? And how much is that headwind? And like you said, like what kind of profitability are you going to get to? Because if you're not turning into something notably greater than than a Twitter, well, you're already at five billion dollars larger than in market cap than them. And look at the problems that they continue to have, and they they've got you know Luke Skywalker leading them. <laughs> so it's it's a hard. It's definitely a ch- I, I I I get your your approach, right? Because you're basically buying stocks at prices that they haven't been at in five, six years in industries like travel, and you're buying the leading names. And you're 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 basically saying, I don't know what's gonna happen for the rest of this year. I'm 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 whatever it is, it's not gonna be great. But by next year, some level of normal is going to be returning. And I, like, I bought these things where I, I, I'm comfortable in a couple of years. And, that, that, and that's, there's an element for what you're doing where if liquidity dynamics change, like you said, it's difficult to manage this shit, right? And I don't think anyone really can. And, if, and the dynamics change. Money does come out at the margin of your Amazons, Walmart, Costco, Zooms, all software. Where is it going to go? 
it's got it's just like the discretionary pie repurposing just a little bit back to the way it was before this it would have probably a disproportionate positive return impact on the types of names you're owning because nobody wants to buy them here they want people are people are predisposed to buying stuff with good news in yeah. in the actual and, and like that's where you get the challenge of like i said like you look at it I got into it, and then by the time I looked at the value, I was like, "Jesus Christ!" I mean, like Twitter's the cheapest again, and Snapchat's thirteen times sales. We were in in the low single digits for almost everybody, and like Snap was six six times. Like Snap was where Facebook is two weeks ago, and it's it's doubled since then almost. Actually, it did double, and then it came back down. So that does that 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 is, I think, yeah, like you said, to wrap it up. Like that's the challenge here. I mean, like I think we. We discussed that you got different pies and everybody wants to get into the nitty gritty, but, but you're probably right now with these stocks more exposed to variables that are out of your control than maybe you are in the names that you're in. Well, it's or it's that there's more steps to the process that you have to work through than you know, do people travel or not, or do they travel? You know what I mean? Like you have to, and that's where I, that's what I think was interesting here was thinking through, well, what's the audience and what does all that mean? But yeah, I think there's all these second, third, fourth levels that you have to kind of think through. Yeah. You want pure plays typically, right? When we're investing, it's like, I want pure, uh, pure play exposure is where you get excited about something and you're, it's a lever bet. And then if it goes wrong, you get hurt really hard. I mean, I think that's one thing to look at in terms of Amazon right now, where it it's had all these businesses and it was like diversified in a sense, but people weren't necessarily that excited about it versus, you know, Apple selling its iPhone and the services are, are tied to it a few months ago. Or Microsoft with, you know, Azure and just, you know, enterprise. Versus be like, hey, e-commerce and gaming is okay and a lot of competition and these but all of a sudden the diversification of uh, amazon's business has really come to light and the different pockets of the economy it's exposed in almost each one of them looking like a, a positive pure play the, the ultimate pure play from work from home has been zoom and i i don't i i think even like the amateur hour investor right now would look at this and be like if if any really good news on the speed at which there's a return to some level of normal is disastrous news for a Zoom stock investor. And, and, you, and you just kind of step down from there for, uh, for uh, you know, other names. I, like, a lot of people were bitching about Netflix not beating by much. Like, I saw some stuff on Twitter where, and I made a comment, but they're like, ah, it's, you know, with, they, they, dub, they, they doubled the net ads, yet they they beat by a hair on revenue and like their guidance is like roughly in line with consensus. And I was like, I commented, I was like, look, bro, they beat by 7 million users, but that's like 3.8% of their user base now. I mean, <laughs> they're pretty penetrated. So when they tell you, cause, of the, cause they didn't make an argument on their call that they're like, look, uh, uh, currency headwinds is, 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 is uh, what was a drag for us. And, Currencies like Facebook is like a 60% non-US, uh, sorry, Netflix is a 60% non-US revenue business. And you've had like, let's call it two, 3% currency headwinds uh, with the dollar strengthening. 
and that's on 60% of your revenue versus uh, call it like two weeks, two and a half weeks of above normal s subscriber ads. So you're getting like one, right. one third because of it's you're, you're getting, it yeah, at, like it doesn't even kick in and the drag. And like, if you get that benefit and that's a 4% beat, and then you're talking about losing management's coming out and saying, Hey, like if, if things normalize faster, we're going to sequentially see pressure from here remainder of the year. If they don't, the pressure will be less. And they gave you an estimate on, on sub ads for Q2. And they said, it's complete guesswork, but we will, we're taking a shot. And I think that's kind of, I, I think we are in, in that when you look at a, a Snapchat, it's, it's better and it's nicer to be, but you're just like, they're totally guessing in terms of where things are going to be by, let's call it the, the end of Q2, because like the usage isn't exactly going through the roof. But the spend dynamics, I don't think, I don't think they've seen the, like, I don't think they have good perspective yet on, on, on where they're normalizing and, and where the stock trades relative to everybody else. They're getting a huge premium for that. It's almost to a degree, Daniel, the, the, the opposite scenario of what we discussed with Twitter on, on our, on, when we did the Twitter call, right? Like, we knew Twitter was making some improvements. Uh, we knew certain things were going in their favor, but they still had certain monetization type of challenges, but it was no longer cheap. It was the most expensive in the whole space. And Snapchat is by far that player again. I mean, yes, the revenue growth is, is probably going to be the best of all of them, but still the premium you're paying far greater. Yeah. The market is happy with that though. I mean, that's, what's always funny. What they, yeah, what... for a few seconds. And then like you, you get through these periods where let's say valuations compress and all of a sudden, I, I mean, I was amazed at how far Snapchat and, and Pinterest and those names had fell in, let's call it, you know, March, because what had made more sense to me when Disney and Home Depot and Nike and you know I did like the the this two shell pass portfolio which within a week was up thirty percent and stuff like ServiceNow and and Salesforce and whatever wasn't doing as well and the SaaSes weren't doing as well and then all of a sudden that like that to me had made some good sense then all of a sudden you get this like last week and a half where Amazon goes up 25%. To Shopify, I mean, I don't remember the last time I've had a move like that in a stock that I've been short. I was up 30% on Shopify and then, you know, almost down 50%. Like that's in a span of two weeks. And I've been short this stock on and off since, you know, the beginning of January. I mean, it's a small position, relatively speaking, but still, you're just like, what the fuck? What is this? Why is this thing moving so much? I mean, is, is like, but they come out with news. Hey, our average traffic the last week and a half is, is what it was on Black Friday. And that's where you're dealing with these things of like usage pattern behavior changes and people starting to extrapolate financial impacts around them that can be what can vary wildly. And that's without digesting the a Federal Reserve balance sheet that's up like what eighty percent in six months. I don't think anyone's even bothered discussing the 
what 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 was the Fed doing from September to February, mid February, before we even got into this craziness now? So there's uh, there's those variables where maybe when if they, they come back into focus, that these stocks that have been uh, stay at home defensive, you know, face that more of a headwind than than you know your price lines and uh, Expedia's like you're doing, or even Disney. <laughs> yeah, good old Disney. Disney still still hanging around a hundred bucks a share. All I right. mean, it's it's boring, but you 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 got to feel better about them over the long haul. Yeah, yeah, no, they. I mean, got- that's what is it versus Netflix, which has surpassed it recently. I mean, you know what surprised me is a lot of the. I mean, like, let's not go any further. You know, like, like you said, let's wrap it up. But that these companies aren't issuing stock here. The. Netflix did like a billion dollars in debt yesterday. I was just like, I, why don't they issue any equity? I just don't. I know. never understand. I, I, we should set that aside as a different discussion. But yeah, Netflix or re- Zoom. Like, how is it Zoom at fifty billion tried to raise three billion dollars in cash? But Netflix specifically, they've. I mean, I remember of all people, you know, Whitney Tilson is is just one person I remember being public about because he's had exchanges with Hastings in the past, but. Yeah, Talk why does short, Reed. why does Netflix why does Netflix always raise debt and not equity? Has always been a strange. Uh, well, no, dynamic. there's been a there's been a logical reason for it for them before, but I'm saying like there's points where you're just you're a little bit surprised as because they do convertible. I mean, convert has both characteristics. True, but you're just surprised that they don't look at this at. 20 billion and say let's raise five billion dollars to dilute with a dilutive you know pure equity raise here yeah yeah like we like you just don't think your stocks that like shopify did that shopify raised like two billion dollars they did huge equity offerings in the last year at significantly lower than where the stock price is then you got these companies that recently have done equity offerings like at purely dist- like at seemingly distressed levels, and you're like, why didn't they just wait? <laughs> like, uh, why didn't they just wait two more weeks? Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, and that's timing, and also just the I forget what the phrase is that people have used, but the fact that if you take a step now, it actually changes your future path. It's not it's path dependent to some degree, and so raising the money at one level and not another makes a big difference to how the story plays out. All right. That was good though. That lots of good stuff on snap and on the internet advertising with lots of uh, good stuff thrown in. Um, I think we disclosed as we went, but I just will wrap up. We mentioned Disney Thor, Berkshire in addition to Pinterest and Google. Those are longs for me. I think you've, you're still short shop, you said, and we mentioned Facebook. Trade desk, I was a little bit. Uh, okay. Facebook long. Right. What else? We didn't discuss anything else. No position in Snapchat, no position in Pinterest even. No, that's just just Facebook. And not yet Twitter, uh, and, though. And, and, we'll see. Yes, tempted, tempted, tempted to pull the trigger long on Twitter. Great management. I mean, earnings are next week. Let's Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll make a decision. Well, if you go on Twitter, we can try to get Galloway on, and then we can commiserate with him. Maybe we make that as a goal. Well, he's just going to tell you that uh, 
Twitter's going to 60 and Jack's <laughs> with the walking dead. And, uh, you know, yeah. that he's got private, his the private go. silver. They'll take it private. Uh, I don't know why you would even try to do that here unless you have a really good perspective on, on where things are going picture wise. I just haven't seen them do any, like, let's not start with Twitter. I just haven't seen them do anything where I like think that they like, they've had a eureka moment and how they're going to change the, the, the way the business is managed. Yeah. So I'm like, starting like, to see some minor tweaks that are kind of interesting with how the site works, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. No, like a subscription service uh, for like, you know, I, they should be hosting the content that every podcaster who's, like nonstop promoting, like oh, I've discovered all this content on Twitter and forget, you know, your pivot and carrots. Like there's just so much other stuff you're listening to and it's all coming from them advertising it on Twitter. Uh, John Krasinski is some good news now. Like that, why is that not a Twitter show? What internet based platform could benefit more from a show called some good news now? It's very true. I, it's, it's, I couldn't have thought of something like, I, and when I saw him and he's, I, I discovered it like the first episode on there. I'm like, this is why I don't own this stock right now because it's on YouTube and I, I found it on Twitter and I'm just, I'm like, what, like, how have they not cut him a check? You know, I talked to uh, my brother and he was the influencer marketing space. And he's just like, these guys are, Krasinski already got like 30 people lined up to want to work with him uh, brand wise. It's like a, it's like a wait list in terms of uh, being able to get in, get in the door. So like that stuff you look at at Twitter because it's, it's busy and there's so much going on, but I'm not like, I'm not engaging with any ad ads on Twitter. I'm, I'm more likely to engage with ads on just about any other place than on Twitter. It's just free publicity. It's a, it's a, it's a PR firm. Okay. I am going to jump in though, because I do think we could go. I hear what you're saying, but I do think we could yeah, go let's a cut long time on Twitter. So, all right. Good stuff, Akram. Thank you as always. And uh, yeah, good stuff on Snap and internet advertising as a whole. So take care. All right, bro. Take care.